Today I want to talk about prison. I looked up in the dictionary to see what it said a prison was. And it says, it's a place where people are kept in captive. Not all prisons are concrete walls and iron bars. Sometimes they can be difficult circumstances, maybe a difficult family situation or a lack of finance or a problem with finances. It could be pain. Some people have chronic pain. It just goes on and on. It could be anxiety or depression. And that's often caused by a lack of hope. What about unforgiveness? That can hold you captive. Holding unforgiveness affects you, not the person you're holding it against. What about being critical and judgmental? It's so easy to be critical and judgmental, but you end up feeling that's what everybody does to you, so it backfires on you. What about unbelief? My problem is just too big. There's nothing that can be done for my problem. Unanswered prayers and disappointments. Why, God? I'm weary of asking you to change this thing. Why? I feel that I'm captive to unanswered prayers, and I feel very disappointed. What about loneliness? How often do we meet people that feel lonely and they feel captivated by the loneliness they're in? Maybe you've had a period of responsibility. Let's say, for example, you've been, it felt like you were in a prison when you were studying for your exams. I can remember those days, a long time ago. Most of these type of season things just last for a season. But there's one thing that I thought of that really doesn't last for a season, and that's kids. Your kids get partners, then they have kids, so you've got grand, and they can be a ple pleasure or a prison. And it just feels it goes on and on with them. What about your job? Does your job feel like a prison? Are you unhappy? You're not fulfilled in it? There's so much pressure. All these things can be like a prison. They captivate you. I was speaking to someone in the network a, a few months ago, and I ended up coming off the phone from then. I was very concerned because they said to me, I feel my job is like a prison. And that's what started me thinking about what prisons were like for people. And it started the process, and this is the end result of my thinking. Prisons have a purpose. If you feel like you're in prison, I want you to ask God, what is the purpose of that prison? Then with God's help, make the adjustments in your attitude and behavior in order to see his purpose achieved. Some are in prison for their own decisions, but some it's completely unjust. God can use both situations. We are going to look at, number one, purpose of prisons. I feel like a real preacher now. Positioning in prison, number two. And number three, prisoners of hope. That was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> right, purpose of prison. Imprisonment can teach us to use the key that he has provided for us to get out. Prisons can wake us up 
You know, sometimes you hear news items where it says, oh, it's a bit like a slap sending them to prison and make them think. Sometimes it's not about getting out, but what you do while you're there. So here are some Bible stories that I've used to show how people found God in their prison. Prisons can teach us patience. And I've used the story of Abraham for this. He had a promise that his descendants would be as many as the stars. But he had no children. How could this be? So he and his wife Sarah made a plan. They agreed together that Abraham should take Hagar, the servant girl, and make a baby with her. They took the situation into their own hands and it only caused tragedy and pain. Still today, that goes on because we've got the conflict between the Jews and the Arabs. Do you feel that you're in a prison of disappointment and disillusionment like Abraham? Have you got a danger of breaking out of that? Taking things into your own hands? It could be striving. I'll make this thing happen. Or it could be manipulation. You're so intent in what you want that you don't realise you're even manipulating things to get where you want. Could it be that you're taking control? I'll do it when I want to do it. Or scheme. I have to change this situation, so I'm going to work at scheming a way out of it. Prisons can also provoke praise and joy even before you're released. This is the story of Paul and Silas. Paul was travelling en route and a girl was following him who was possessed of an evil spirit. She was able to tell fortunes. She shouted at Paul and he got annoyed and worn out by her. So one day Paul decided to call out the evil spirit from her. The owners of the girls were very annoyed because she was lucrative business to them. They complained and caused a lot of confusion. It resulted in Paul and Silas being beaten and thrown into prison. Their feet were put in stocks and the jailer was charged to keep them safe. At midnight, Paul and Silas sing praises to God. The door opens, so they are all free. The jailer was about to kill himself, but Paul and Silas stopped him and told him, we're all here, don't worry, you're safe. They were thanking and praising God before they were released. They were unjustly imprisoned, but still able to praise. Prison can lead to salvation of others. It's not about something I need to do differently, but about being put here for someone else. In the story of Paul and Silas, which I've just recounted, after they were released, the jailer and all his, all his household received salvation. So that was a good outcome of their prison sentence. Prison with him able. This is the story of Peter. Peter was put in prison. He was sleeping between two soldiers bound in chains and the sentries were guarding the entrance. An angel appears and tells him to get up. 
As he obeys, the chains fall off. He wasn't sure if this was actually happening. Am I, am I dreaming? Passes by the guards, gets to the gate, and they open by themselves. That's amazing. And the angel leaves him. And then in verse 11 of this story, it says, Peter came to himself. I wonder how many of us need to come to ourselves and really see and know what's happening. Is God doing some miracles for us and we're not recognizing them? Peter decided he would go to where he knew there would be a gathering of people that were praying for him. He was confident in what his friends would be doing. So he knocked and called. And Rhoda came to the door and she recognized Peter's voice. She was so happy to hear him that she ran back and left him at the door. She said to the, the people that were praying, Peter's outside, he's been released. And they said, don't be silly. Eventually, they realized, because she persisted, and they came and opened the door and let, it, let Peter in. Are you expecting breakthrough? Maybe you have been in prison for a long time and you don't have any expectation of release. But will you give God permission to set you free? Are you ready? Are you willing to hope again? This is from a book by Brother Young, who was a Christian house church leader in China. News of my release had already reached the ears of Christian friends who gathered in Bangkok to see me. When I saw them, I said, my work in prison is finished, so Jesus brought me out. I was sent there by Jesus to share the gospel with those who'd never heard him, and many were saved. Once God had completed his purpose with the prison, he discards the prison. He doesn't need it anymore. And there's nothing that has the authority to hold you against God's will. Let me say that again, because I think this is very important. There is nothing that has the authority to hold you against God's will. Be ready for God to finish with the prison you are in. Prisons can teach us repentance. And I've used the story of Jonah for this. God had told him to go to Nineveh, but he ran in the opposite direction. He went to Joppa. Have you ever run away when you've heard God say something to you or thought God's been saying, think God's been saying something to you? Maybe it would be something like, sharing your faith or giving sacrificially of your time or your finances, reading the Bible, praying, or just even being faithful to someone. They're all things that I thought were like running away. Jonah's troubles were running away, not the storm. You might think, oh, his troubles only started when the storm came when he was in the boat but it came before. It's when he decided to run. When Jonah got in the boat, he went below. He didn't feel guilty. Just because we don't feel guilty doesn't mean everything is okay. The storm raged and the sailors began to get very afraid. So they prayed. They wanted something to fix the storm. Do you often or ever pray just when you're in a storm? When things are bad, or are you continuously talking to your Father in heaven? Could God be allowing a storm in your life 
so you focus on him. Eventually, Jonah admits that the storm was because of him, and they throw him overboard. A great, God has prepared a great fish, and the great fish swallows him up. Can you imagine what it must have been like in that whale, or great fish, in the fish? I think I'd prefer to have gone to Nineveh. There was seaweed, bottles, things that he'd eaten. Can you imagine swimming around in that? But thankfully, the Lord made the fish to vomit on dry land, and out came Jonah. And God spoke a second time to Jonah, and Jonah went. I'm very thankful that my God is a God of the second chance. He gives us more than one chance to obey him. Are you in prison out of your own choice, like Jonah? Are you below deck? Are you burying your head in the sand? Then I tried to think, what, it, what would it look like if I was down below? Maybe I think, I need to look after myself. I need to protect myself. Let me have a holiday. I need a holiday. I need a break. I've got a hard life. Or it could be, I'm just going, I'm going to switch the television on and switch the world out. I'm going to be lost in that. Or it could be, I'll just eat the things I know I shouldn't eat because they give me comfort. That could be going below. Prisons lead to promotion. And I'm using the story of Joseph here. Joseph's brothers were very jealous of him. And it resulted in them selling him to some travellers. He was taken to Egypt and bought by Potiphar as a slave. God was with Joseph, and although he was a slave, he he prospered as a slave. Potiphar's wife took a fancy to Joseph. Joseph was very wise, and he ran away from her. But she told her, her husband a story that wasn't true about Joseph. And as a result, Joseph was put in prison. Even when he was in prison, the wardens had favour on him. So wherever he went, things seemed to turn for Joseph. He was able to interpret some of the dreams for some of the prisoners. And then Pharaoh got to hear about Joseph... And he needed a dream of his um, interpreted. So he called Joseph, and Joseph explains the dream to him. Again, we find that Joseph finds favour, and this time it was with the king. Are you running away from something or someone? Do you need to run away from someone or something, like Joseph did with Potiphar's wife? If Joseph hadn't gone to prison, he wouldn't have gone to the palace. God was working his purposes through these prisons, even when the captors were unaware what was happening. What is God using your prison for? And how do you make sure you are positioned correctly to ensure his purposes come about? So now I'm going to talk about ask... What is the purpose of this prison I find myself in? 
You can ask in two ways, one out of bitterness and one out of submission and inquiry. This is another story from Brother Young. Whenever I hear a house church Christian has been imprisoned for Christ in China, I don't advise people to pray for his or her release unless the Lord clearly reveals we should pray this way. Before a chicken is hatched, vital it is in the warm protection of the shell for 21 days. If you take the chick out of the environment one day too early, it will die. There is always a purpose behind why God allows his children to go to prison. Perhaps it's so they can witness to the other prisoners, or perhaps God wants to develop more culture in their lives. But if we use our own efforts to get them out of prison earlier than God intended, we can thwart his plan, and the believers may come out not as fully formed as God wanted them to be. And this is from somebody who's been in prison. It's not me theorising on it. This is somebody who's actually been in prison and experienced it. How do I adjust to better please God? I can repent. I can use the key he's given to me, and that could be confession. Be open to where you are. And like Jonah, in the end, he confessed that he was the problem for the storm. You could accept responsibility for where you are. And then it could be to do with forgiving. A number of years back, there were a group of people that left this church and they said some horrible things about John and I and the boys. And it was very hard. But I knew that I had to forgive And when I did that, something changed inside of me. I I let something go. So much so that even when John and I were talking about this, I couldn't even remember the detail of what happened. I was released from the the prison of unforgiveness, which would have held me captivated. Or you could say it's dementia, one or the other. Stop trying to pick the lock. Scheming. How often do we scheme to try and get out of things or to change things? This is a little story. He was watering the garden one day, and I'm not sure if it was a prison or a pleasure to him. He wanted to finish it quickly, so he thought he'd have a short, make a shortcut. So he poured the hose to get it back quick. But instead of doing it in the correct way, like I would have done, he knocked the pond light over. The pond light went into the pond. He then locked my pots over with my lovely plants in, so I had to sort them out. So his scheming took him on a much longer route than if he'd just done it the proper way, like I would have done. Make sure you don't ignore the way out of your prison. That would be like throwing away the key. It sounds silly, but I know I have been in a position of sometimes not using my God-given, then we can trust him. This is a story of Daniel who was protected when he was in his prison. Daniel's enemies had nothing against him and they desperately wanted to get him on something. So... 
they knew the way he was committed to God and the way that he prayed. So they persuaded the king, King Darius, to make a decree so it would catch Daniel out. Daniel continued to worship God even after the decree was announced. He didn't hide what he was doing to keep himself safe. The enemies achieved their purpose and Daniel was caught. And the king had to do what he said in this decree and Daniel was thrown into the den with the hungry lions. The next day, the king, after being awake all night and he was quite disturbed about this because he really liked Daniel, he went down to the den and called out to Daniel. Are you there? Are you there? Daniel was there and he was unharmed. God protected Daniel in his prison and Daniel didn't get bitter about what had happened to him. Hope. We can hope that he who he says he is will daily grace us for the prison that we are in. He will, knowing we are in his hands, and he will restore all things to us, and he has a better future for us. Be ready to be set free like Peter was. Thankfulness. Like Paul and Silas, at times I felt very sorry for myself. Things have got on top of me. And I have a son that would constantly, when I tell him how I feel, very dramatically, he would say to me, Mum, what are you thankful for? And you know, I really could hit him when he says it. <laughs> because I've got every reason to feel like I do. And I can't think of anything to be thankful for, I might say to him on occasions. <laughs> and he doesn't give up. He's very faithful to me. I'm a, he's a faithful friend and a faithful son. He says, by the end of the day, I want you to think of three things. I don't want to thank God. I've got reason to feel like this. Do you know what they've done? Blah, 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 blah. And I can work myself up. I really want to be where I am. I'm quite enjoying it. I don't have any rights. And I'm learning that it's much better to make that decision of change earlier rather than hold on to the things. And as I start to thank God, I can't do it when I'm holding on to these feelings that I've got. I have to let them go to turn my eyes to thanking God for whatever there are things we should think and actions we should take when we find ourselves in prison so that God can fulfill his good purposes. If we know what God is like, we can be prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. I can be a prisoner of my circumstance or a prisoner of hope despite my circumstances. Zephaniah 9 talks about returning to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Zephaniah is speaking to the Israelites who have started returning from 70, 70 years of exile in Babylon. Everything is not good for returning exiles. Jerusalem was in a mess. They needed to be captivated by hope. 
But the hope Zephaniah is calling them to isn't about hope for a nicer neighbourhood, but the coming of the Messiah. The Messiah is the chosen one who will be all we have failed to be and usher in. Zephaniah says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Zion. Sing, you righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. In John 12, we see Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. Jesus is the Messiah that Zephaniah has spoken of. A prisoner of hope sees everything in the context of Jesus. My hope is in that he is who he says he is. That gives me hope when I'm in this difficult situation, captivity, prison. I want my situation to change, but I don't fantasise on this. I I choose to focus on God being who he said he is. Has he failed me yet? Will he ever allow me to be tempted beyond what I can handle with his help? Will he ever leave me? Will he forever forget me? Is there anything that ever takes him by surprise? Most of you will remember in 2013 when John fell and had that accident. It was a horrible time. We were shocked by the severity of John's injury and life had to change. John was dependent on me. I felt like I was in captivity. I couldn't get away. I was needed. But God spoke to me and he said so clearly, this may have caught you by surprise, but nothing is a surprise to me. That brought such comfort that six years later, I believe I'm still living in the good truth of that. No surprises. Is there ever a situation he cannot use for his purpose? Does he have plans to prosper you and never harm you? In any circumstance, In any prison, we can boldly say the good, sorry, the bad can be turned to good, the good can't be taken away, the best is yet to come. Romans 8.18 says, I consider that your present sufferings are not worth comparing with that will be revealed in us. Will you ask Jesus to activate you with his hope? Godly hope is different to when people say, oh, I'm just hoping. Will you say with me, if any of the things I've mentioned feel like a prison to you, no matter what my circumstances, I will be a prisoner of hope. Then you with me can look out your prison bars and see stars.